A man must follow his true nature, although a man I am not. My true being is something rougher, something deep and damp and dark as an unlit root cellar, a hole in the ground, a grave. I'm a ferocious killing machine, barely held together by the deceptive skin of civilization, which I show the world by day. As the fiend below takes mad glee from imitating heaven above, I walk the earth in the guise of a holy man, by sunlight anyhow. Ah, but when the moon takes me, the skin tears away, and I am golden and beautiful, my mouth deep with teeth, my throat filled with eerie song. I cry to the night sky in my hunger and my rage as I follow the call of the hunt, first on two legs, then four. My claws are razors, churning the ground below me, and I strike. Lioness de Winter Welcome back to this week's episode. This is your ghost of a host of the most, Shanna. Hi, happy to be here this week. It's it's Pukwa PJ. Is it though? I mean, I feel like it. Am am I? Are you? I don't know. Or are you something darker? Something I crave flesh. <laughs> well, that's a good segue Man into flesh. This. This week's Wellhouse. the half thing. <laughs> this week's Wellhouse. <laughs> <laughs> this week's Wellhouse Exorcism episode is going to be called "The Wicked Wendigo." It's not a ten-point buck. Uh, yeah, that's uh, right. Oh come on! Are people are really going to say it's a deer? Is that really what's happening here? Anywho. <laughs> Do do your sound again. Rower. There it is. All right. Wait. Rower. That's really close to the microphone. No, right up on it. That's going to be hard to edit. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, this week, my idea actually came from Jackie. She had sent us a very long email. And at the end, she's like, you should talk about Wendigos. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm talking Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've touched on them a couple yeah. of times. Well, I thought it'd be a fun thing to do. Yeah. Just intrigued in it. Um, our listener Penny gave us another idea that I want to do, but I think it's going to take like two parts to get through. So I'm doing Wendigos tonight. So I, I have here the Wendigo first appeared in the Incredible Hulk Volume 2, Issue 162. He's created by Steve Engelhart. No? Oh, you can keep going, but <laughs> I'll just cut this part. <laughs> I hold the master plan. I'm in charge of the delete button. No. My reference. Not talking about Marvel comics. No. <laughs> my references include Wikipedia. So, <laughs> actually, I barely used Wikipedia. I used Atlas Obscura, mm-hmm. and their article is called "Beware the Wendigo, the Frostbitten Flesh Eater of North America's Chilly Heartland." It's a title by J. W. Ocker. <laughs> yeah. He needs to work on his titles. And then I have how stuff works: how to escape or kill a Wendigo. <laughs> By Lori L. Dove. <laughs> I also... It's right after how pancakes are made. <laughs> how stuff works. Not how, how it's made, how it works. Jeez, PJ. Magnets, how they work. <laughs> well, hold on. 
Um, I also have like throughout like little splotches of quotes and whatnot that I pulled from Native American culture. Mm. And so I give reference to them as I go through my script tonight. So it's a lot to unpack. But tonight when we are done, you and I and all of our listeners will know the truth of the Wendigo. You and I both. Well, tonight, just you and me here. Yeah. Oh, and the ghost that lives in the basement. But... What? <clears throat> oh, that was exercise. Yeah, we evicted that one. We're good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there are people who think that it has horns, which is actually a modern interpretation. So... I've never heard that. Wait. Wait. For how long? Okay, go I, I have plans. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Your plan involves sitting on a couch, not watching football, because we're not those people. I keep forgetting. I had to ask yesterday who, who uh, what teams were playing. Yeah, what teams are playing? Chiefs and 49ers. Huh. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we probably just angered many of our listeners. <laughs> Listen, uh, they know that we play D&D. They probably assume we're not watching football. <laughs> I have a student who's, like, obsessed with sports, and he'll just show me a picture of, like, a football player, and he's like, you know who this is? I'm like, no. No? He's like, what? <laughs> How do you not know who blah, blah, blah? I'm like, okay, why are you telling me this? And then he says, like, they were just traded, you know, to another team or whatever, but... Uh, he does it to me, like, once, once a week, probably. And see, then I would show my picture of, like, Marie Curie and say, do you know who this is? No? This person... <laughs> Way more important. <laughs> anyway, so first of all, PJ, yes, what is a Wendigo? So it is a um a person who is usually cursed of something like they have a curse on them of some kind, uh, or and they in one of our episodes we talked about it, and it was almost like a representation or a cautionary tale of people who are outsiders and things like that, you know, like people who are ostracized and kicked out of the group. Um, so depending on the three types of Wendigo that exist, you're wrong. All right. I learned a mm. lot. Yes. I learned a lot. So what was the episode we talked about? Wendigos? We're talking about skinwalkers and Wendigos. I think Kyle was here. And so the, the cautionary tale for a Wendigo is the idea of greed. Mm hmm. So you're correct about that. But in any case, a Wendigo technically is a malevolent spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not a human, but one of the, um, we'll move on. Anyway. So they are sometimes depicted as a creature with human-like characteristics. And And they're cannibalistic. Yeah. And they're said to possess human beings. It is said that a Wendigo can cause its victims a feeling of insatiable hunger, the desire to eat other humans. And the propensity to commit murder. You know. All right, yeah. You know. It's fine. Now, in some representations, as you were talking about, um, a Wendigo has been described as a giant humanoid with a heart of ice. Whose approach is signaled by a foul stench, which Mm -hmm. we already know they stank, which is similar to the whole skinwalker idea. But also a sudden and unseasonable chill because, again, their hearts or their spines, depending on the story, are frozen. Mm-hmm. We get this from the Algonquins. To them, they were strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about the Wendigo since you forced me to start watching 
true detective. <laughs> so I'm like, could this be a Wendigo story? Then I was like, well, no, it can't be because people were in a ice bath all hooked up together when they would have been eaten. So yeah. not a Wendigo. Yeah. I think it was the Indian burial grounds episode, by the way. I just went through our back catalog. Oh, that's yeah. 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 Um, so whenever a Wendigo eats another person in the storyline, they would actually grow in proportion to their meals. They got bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that it could never be full. So the more it hungers, the more it eats, the more it eats, the more large it gets, and it yeah. just continues. And so, yeah, they um, Wendigos are associated with the idea of being gluttonous, and that makes you thin to the point of starvation. Yeah. So, yes, very sad. Hmm. So that's, that's a Wendigo, okay? That's that's the origination. Now, there are three different types of Wendigo, depending on what you're looking at. Because, again, I'm a researcher. Okay. I did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. So the legend of the Wendigo originated, as I said, with the Algonquins in what now is Canada and northern United States. Yeah. Not Pennsylvania. I'm nev- yeah, I always... I actually always equated it to like Wisconsin. M- yeah, Midwestern. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we'll talk about Wisconsin actually, and and we'll talk a little about Minnesota, um, and we'll talk about New York. Okay. Okay. But n- well, we actually will talk about Pennsylvania. That's why the reason we're doing this is Pennsylvania, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> in Pennsylvania, my my. Anyway, so it is now common knowledge, and um, there's something that you're supposed to be feared as you enter any woods in the dead of winter. I need some kind of eerie music. But as you mentioned, the idea of like that humanoid figure, um, the Wendigo has metamorphosed like throughout history mm-hmm. because, you know, the Algonquins have their story, then it gets passed down and you have different um, tribes that have their own stories. So there are actually three different versions of the Wendigo. And when I say Wendigo, I'm also discussing the Wendigo and the Wendigo or whatever. There's lots, lots of, different... of pronunciations yeah. Yeah, and spellings too. But I'm going with the Wendigo because that's what I know it as. So it starts out with the Ojibwe people. And they have their story. um, And they call it the Winter Cannibal Monster, actually. So um, when it came to the Wendigo for them, it was a giant. And they were talking like 10 feet tall to like humongous. And they actually said in their stories, taller than the pine trees of the northern forests. Cool. Pretty tall. Dang. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it was described as human-like, but emaciated, with a face blackened by frostbite, of course, because mm-hmm. it's cold. Uh, but it's missing its lips. It's missing its cheeks because it's chewed them off in its hunger for human flesh. So that's why it looks like it has humongous rows of teeth, because all you see are teeth. Yeah, you don't see the lips, yeah. Yep. Now, I actually have a quote here from um, George Eberhardt's book, Mysterious Creatures, A Guide to Cryptozoology. He said the Wendigo eats people. Especially children. Oh. So it's a happy. Yeah. Um, now, to go with someone who's actually an Ojibwe person, um, Basil H. Johnston was an Ojibwe teacher okay. and a scholar from Ontario. He was quoted as saying this, and it's actually the story. He says, The Wendigo was gaunt to the, to the point of emaciation. Its dissected skin pulled tightly over its bones. With its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets, the Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton, recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from separation of the flesh. 
The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption. Sounds like a Viking draugr. Right? Very similar. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. And note, no mention of antlers on its head. Again, I never heard of a How of you... a Wendigo with Are you serious? Antlers really? I've never heard well, of that. Well, good. You got the good stuff. No, because yeah. like modern like movies and stuff, it always has the big antlers. And so when we were watching um Thor, was it Ragnarok? Is that when the they take over yeah his his sister is alive again yeah once she gets her big um horns i'm like are they making like a wendigo reference here i was just cranky because i'm just like no wendigo <laughs> doesn't have horns anyway so the second version the second like metamorphosed version of wendigo over the centuries it's a human monster so here's yours one whose greed and murderous inclinations ruin a community in an environment where trust and working together are vital for survival. Yeah. So it's basically Yeah, this the, is the legend yeah, I heard. This is the yeah. cautionary tale. Work yeah, together. Like people who would, you know, be committed of a or convicted of a crime even though they weren't convicted, you know, but like uh they would be outcast and they would turn into a Wendigo and well, and this is in that in this version, it's the person who puts their own survival above the others. And then chooses to eat human flesh or is tempted to. Mm-hmm. And they're called, they actually, it says they go Wendigo. Like, uh. it, like they went full whatever, right? <laughs> they went full Wendigo. Um, they are possessed by the spirit of the Wendigo. Their hearts and spines encased in ice so thick that you can hear it popping and cracking if you put your ear to their chest. Why you'd want to do that? <laughs> I'm not going to get that close. Uh, the only cures for Wendigoism are either to pour hot bear fat down the person's throat to melt the, that ice or kill them. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, is very difficult. Um, so that's the version that I think you have heard. Yeah. Um, but Sounds again, like it. Yeah, but like again, in that version, the idea is this person was putting his own, his or her own needs above those of the the party or the group to survive in the winter, and then is tempted to go cannibalistic, and then whether they do or not, yeah, the idea is that the Wendigo, the malevolent spirit, has taken over his his or her body. Hmm. So again, it goes back to the original idea that's a malevolent spirit. So some examples of going Wendigo. I just like saying that. So here's Minnesota. You ready? I'm ready. In December, I'm ready. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> In December of 1897, the St. Paul Globe of Minnesota reported that a Native American woman living in the Barrens River Reserve of Manitoba had contracted typhoid fever. Or Manitoba. Manitoba. Manitoba, yeah. Uh, the effects of which caused her to act strangely. Her husband thought that They're she. acting kind of weird over there. Yeah. Her husband thought she was going when to go. So he grabbed her by the hair and broke her neck. Ow. Yeah. He was arrested for murder. A bit of an overreaction. <laughs> oh, by the way, she did not. I would like my steak just a little raw, a little <laughs> rare. Oh, no. She's turning. <laughs> she did not go Wendigo. Uh, just saying. She went six feet under, it sounds like. <laughs> well, yes. And then her husband was arrested for murder. Um, however, there are actual cases of people going Wendigo. Um, and they're not mistaken diagnoses. They really do. So the most infamous case is the case of Swift Runner. So obviously he's a Native American. So here's the story. It was just after the winter of 1878 to 1879 in Alberta. A Cree man named Swift Runner returned from his winter camp without his family and behaving strangely. He said they had died of starvation 
even though he looked pretty healthy for a man who had survived a winter that killed the other nine members of his family. The the Northwest Mounted Police decided to check in on him. What they found was a camp strewn with human bones, some of them gnawed. Swift Runner confessed to cannibalism. He said he'd been having strange dreams and that a spirit told him to eat his family, which included his wife, brother, mother, and six children. Jeez. Now, it was a harsh winter, but it wasn't an eat-your-family harsh winter, okay? (laughs) Swift Runner even admitted that he killed and ate one of his sons, the last of his family to die, so that there would be no witnesses to his crimes. Swift Runner was hanged for the murders in December of 1879 at Fort Saskatchewan. Oh, I'm sorry, Timothy. I'm just not even hungry, but I can't. <laughs> I can't have you around right now. <laughs> well, that's an excuse, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh look, the birds are <laughs> returning. <laughs> oh my gosh, PJ! Nine people died, but I'm still laughing. All right, it's 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 dark humor. It's it's fine. Road Doll would approve. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, so people do go Wendigo. I mean, we know that they're, that cannibals exist. People go crazy. But I think the story is creepy because like That's insane. Something told him to do it. Yeah. So like it fits the Wendigo thing because again, like this malevolent spirit is like whispering in his ear, do this, do this. It sounds like he was, you know, possessed by a demon. Yeah. And so I, I just love the connections between like, you know, modern Christianity and like looking at Native American stories because a lot of it could be angels and demons if you think about it in some way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the one that you have not heard about that makes me a little angry. The third type of metamorphose Wendigo. In modern times, pop culture has gentled the Wendigo into a winter spirit often depicted as either a humanoid deer with antlers or a ghostly creature with a deer or elk skull for a head. Neighboring states to Canada have appropriated the lore of the Wendigo as well. So in Stoughton, Wisconsin, it's the home of a restaurant called Wendigo, and it features a cannibal burger on its menu that's stuffed with tenderloin and bacon. I'm going to eat that cannibal burger. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. And every October, the town of Manitowoc has a Wendigo Fest, a Halloween celebration with haunted attractions, a spooky parade, live music, and sideshows. So they adopted the pop culture ideal, and they're monetizing on it. Uh So a lot of times when you see, like, artistic drawings, you're going to see, like, a Wendigo that has antlers. And I don't know why. Because all I see... Is that movie when... Get inside, get inside the, the animal. What movie is that? Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I think like, he puts his, his hands yeah. up like this and he goes, mm, right? <laughs> anyway. Now, here's Minnesota. They... So, it's Minnesota has a strange natural anomaly called Lake Wendigo. It's a 199-acre lake in the middle of a star-shaped island in the middle of another lake called Cass Lake. That's right. Lake Wendigo is a lake within a lake. Okay. Is your mind blown yet? All right. All right. Now, here's a story about it. Now, in the late 20th century, there was a researcher named Carol Crawford Ryan, and she was gathering stories from the locals about Lake Wendigo. And some of the stories, like, dated back hundreds of years. And so she heard that a Wendigo was supposed to live in the icy waters of the inner lake. And there are bare footprints and exit holes from some large thing or things found on the ice when the lake freezes over. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. She heard that the lake was used as a big kettle 
by a group of cannibal giants for boiling humans, and that a Native American chief had ventured to the island and never returned. So that's more of the, you know, Native American lore in the area. But the footprint thing, it's seen sometimes. Cool. Yeah. Now, the Chippewas also have their own stories, and it's not just cannibalism. It's auto-cannibalism, which I didn't know what that word even meant when we were playing Cards Against Humanity, (laughs) but (laughs) now it makes more sense. Um, So Lottie Chikakwa Marston wrote down this bit of folklore of the Chippewas of Rama. So this is their actual story they have in that area. Mm -hmm. One time long ago, a big Wendigo stole an Indian boy, but the boy was too thin. So the Wendigo didn't eat him up right away, but he traveled with the Indian boy waiting for him till he'd get fat. The Wendigo had a knife and he'd cut the boy on the hand to see if if he was fat enough to eat, but the boy didn't get fat. They traveled too much. One day they came to an Indian village and the Wendigo sent the boy to the Indian village to get some things for him to eat. He just gave the boy so much time to go there and back. The boy told the Indians that the Wendigo was near them and showed them his hand where the Wendigo cut him to see if he was fat enough to eat. They heard the Wendigo calling the boy. He said to the boy, hurry up, don't tell lies to those Indians. All of these Indians went to where the Wendigo was and cut off his legs. They went back again to see if he was dead. He wasn't dead. He was eating the juice, the marrow, from the inside of the bones of his legs that were cut off. The Indians asked the Wendigo if there was any fat on them. He said, you bet there is. I have eaten lots of Indians. No wonder they are fat. The Indians then killed him and cut him to pieces. This was the end of this giant Wendigo. Dang. Yeah. That's. Native Americans like don't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> we chopped up his legs. We went back and he was eating his own legs. <laughs> it's like we can't we cannot tell campfire stories. We just can't. I'm sorry. They win. Yeah. <laughs> um. So auto cannibalism as well for these things. They will eat themselves. Well, they eat their faces, you know, because mm, they're so hungry. Yeah. So it makes sense. But anyway, so in the modern world, then there's a lot to unpack, obviously, about this Native American folklore. Uh, but one thing that's kind of interesting is modern psychiatry has actually adopted the word Wendigo. And they actually have a disorder called the Wendigo psychosis. When you are, and the, the the symptoms are characteristics of like intense craving for human flesh, mm-hmm. and a fear of becoming a cannibal, that all falls under the Wendigo psychosis. Um, it's described as a culture-bound syndrome as well. So, in some First Nations communities, symptoms such as insatiable greed and destruction of the environment are also thought to be symptoms of it, which is what you were kind of mentioning. The idea, like, um, yeah, yeah. So they kind of put it all together. Okay. Um, There are many documented cases, but there is a notable one from 1661 in the Jesuit Relations, which comes from Canada. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. I mean, or else this is going to be a short episode. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Now, fun fact, this is actually in French originally, but it's not anymore. You're welcome. I was going to say, you're going to read in French? (laughs) I got you. What caused us greater concern was the news that met us upon entering the lake, namely that the men deputed by our conductor for the purpose of summoning the nations to the North Sea and assigning them a rendezvous where they were to await our coming had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. 
Those poor men, according to the report given us, were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They were afflicted with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy, but have a combination of all these species of disease, which affects their imaginations and causes them a more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even a without being able to appease or glut their appetite, ever seeking fresh prey, and the more greedily the more they eat. This ailment attacked our deputies, and, as death is the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such acts of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. Hmm. So in 1661, the Jesuits, you know, people are moving into different parts of Canada to try, you know, evangelize and whatnot. But they were going up to the lake to see the people, the nations of the North Sea. And they hear that people who were there before, they're all gone. And they were seized by, you know, an ailment that is unknown to us white people, but is very common in their people. Yeah. And so that what they describe is an entire tribe that just fell to they they went Wendigo. They went full Wendigo. Yeah. So So the whole tribe does. Do you just like go at war with each other until, you know, until you're all gone? Well, I, it's interesting you say I, I don't know cuz like when I'm you reading know? this and like you're taking it from French and putting it to English too. Yeah. But it wasn't everybody, you know? It sounded like there was, like, one or two people, and they killed everyone else, mm. you know? But this says they, women and children first were eaten, and then men were attacked. Yeah. And if you think about, like, was it um, Leningrad where there was – or was it Stalingrad when there were stories of World War II? Oh, that was Stalingrad. Stalingrad, the yeah. Scorched, scorched Earth policy yeah. and all that. Um, the stories there, like there were, there were gangs that would roam the streets and they would just take people and they would eat them. They were selling human flesh, Yeah, you know? So, I mean, it happens in times of, of this, you know, and is it because you're trying to survive or is it a Wendigo? Yeah. You know, but I just think it's, it was an interesting thing for me to find because it was 1661. So we're talking, this was hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And the white settlers, the, the white missionaries are there saying like, well, it's unknown to us, but it's very common in their community that they know what this is. Mm-hmm. They they went full Wendigo. So, but yeah, they so they go to this tribe and there's nothing left, really. Wow. So they had to kill the people. The sole remedy was to slay them to stop the madness. Yeah, because so. they would have just kept going. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So, yeah, you went full Wendigo. You never go full Wendigo. Hmm. See, now, like the psychiatrist part of my brain because i wanted to be a psych major for a while it's like oh really i didn't yeah. know that what if we what if we took one of these people like instead of killing them like locked them up and tried feeding them steak or something you know like so oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i love how you just like know where i'm going next by the way listeners he has not seen this script oh so- well when we were driving today, I did see the word regardless on your screen. So well, that word is coming. Actually, I may have skipped over it, too, because I don't it. read it word for word all the time. I just mm. kind of. Anyway, so my next section is literally titled, Let's Unpack the Not Die Part of This Equation. That's what it's titled. <laughs> <laughs> it's in bold and it's underlined right there. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I see it. Uh, so how do you not die from one of these bad boys, right? You just get a bite. Well, according a little a little nip on the on the toe. <laughs> well, according to how stuff works, <laughs> it just because, like because they know by Lori Aldove, 
Um, she's got the deets just for you. First off, if it stalks you, you endanger girl, your best run. Actually, running's not going to help. They are faster and smarter than you. I learned that from the movie Ravenous. Yes. I sent you that clip. Yes. Once the chase begins, Wendigos engage in a torturous game. They like to play with their prey like a cat with a mouse. Mm -hmm. Okay. They bait their prey, release shrieks or growls, and sometimes mimic human voices calling for help, help. Which is why I thought for a little while that True Detective this season was going to be a Wendigo because they're calling you out to the sea. Moving on. Yeah, that makes sense. <gasps> it's a mermaid. Sirens. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I figured it out. Uh, you heard it first here. Anyway, when the hunt begins in earnest, though, with the Wendigo, a Wendigo becomes all business. It will race after its prey, upending trees, creating animal stampedes, and thus more famine, and stirring up ice storms and tornadoes. So, you know, it can mm. do... Remember, it's a malevolent spirit. It can do lots of stuff. Yeah. Also... It can unlock doors, so you're not safe inside. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's an intelligent haunt. Uh, if you can't outrun a Wendigo, can you outgun it? No. Uh, maybe. A wounded Wendigo just regenerates. The trick is to employ silver bullets. Very similar to the whole, like, you know, werewolf, werewolf scenario. Yeah. Uh, if you have a pure silver blade or a pure silver stake, you got to strike it right through its ice-cold heart. Okay. Right on in there. I'll All make right. a note of that. Yep. Not one to... <laughs> Next time I see one of these guys. Yes. Uh, not one to seek a simple end, though. We're not done yet. All right. So, again, you cannot run it. You cannot gun it. Unless you got silver. You got to go right for the heart. After that, you have to salt and burn the body and then scatter its ashes to the winds. As a second option, you could bury the pieces in a very remote location. If you don't do all those steps, the Wendigo can resurrect itself. And then you endanger all over again, girl. Except then be really angry, I would assume. <sighs> Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> That's my remote location, far away. <laughs> but yeah, salt and burn. You gotta watch Supernatural. Do what they do. Keep salt in your pocket all the time, I guess. All right. So that's one thing. Now, you mentioned the whole steak thing. We're not there yet. Okay. But I have some ideas. <laughs> but, like, we're, we're discussing Wendigos, but, again, like, more like we're more of a Pennsylvania-centric podcast. We do, like, you know, span out once in a while. Mm -hmm. Usually on my episodes. So this is interesting. Yes. Um. So Wendigos could be here in PA. Even though we're not as cold, we don't have as frosty winters. Listeners, if you don't hear from me tomorrow... <laughs> I've been eaten. <laughs> no, the storm's coming Monday night. Oh no! <laughs> we don't tend to have such cold winters as they do up north, obviously. Um, but there are some interesting factoids from our Native Americans. So I went on to Uncharted Lancaster. Okay, because okay, they have a lot of good like Native American history going down south. Well, because the Susquehanna were down there, right? Well, that massacre, that little chestnut. For listeners who don't understand, they're two hours south of us. Still, still in Pennsylvania. Anyway, so according to <laughs> Uncharted Lancaster, and um, this person, I'm quoting them, they said, When I was a student at Millersville University, I liked to explore the surrounding area. 
One night, my roommate and I decided to go to Shanks Ferry. We were sitting in the middle of the tunnel with the lights off, having done everything you are supposed to do there. Ten minutes or so passed when suddenly, on one side of the tunnel, I saw a black figure crawl into the light. This thing looked like Gollum, but with longer arms and legs. When it got to the middle of the tunnel, it turned its head and looked directly at the car. And it yelled, Hobbitses! then it crawled very quickly to the other side of the tunnel go i yelled i barely got the word out of my mouth before my roommate started his car driving as fast as possible out of there we both clearly saw something no one said anything until we were back on the main road then my roommate said did you ever see lord of the rings then he began to describe the same thing i saw i'm usually skeptical of this kind of stuff thinking the mind plays tricks on you, but knowing we both saw the same thing makes me believe. This is where things get interesting. These two college students obviously did not see Gollum. Instead, they saw something far more sinister, and according to Native American folklore, it was real. Okay? Uh, because the person's telling the story, they um, a new person takes over in yeah. that case. So if you didn't catch like the voice, yeah. the, the narrator has changed. <clears throat> but... They, they're kind of giving you, like, information here. Algonquin legend speaks of a gaunt and foul-smelling monster known as the Wendigo. It haunts the northern for- forest of the United States and Canada in search of human flesh to consume. People who encounter the Wendigo report smelling it before seeing it, saying it gives off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition. It is often depicted as a humanoid figure with pale, corpse-like skin and eyes pushed deep into its sockets. And then the narrator says, here's what I find fascinating. Less than a mile from the Shanks Ferry Tunnel, where these two college students reported seeing a creature they misidentified as Gollum, um, are the earlier mentioned petroglyphs. So, again, we're talking less than a mile. We have petroglyphs from the Native Americans. Yeah. Okay. Again, these two islands are covered with glyphs. So, we we got got to go down there, by the way. We got to go down to Shanks Ferry. Um, and of the ancient th- things that the ancient people saw in their everyday lives, most can be easily identified. You know, it says you can see things, you know, like animals and whatnot, right? So it's easy mm-hmm. and they can be identified as modern humans. However, big Indian rock has two unique carvings that are difficult to explain within close proximity to each other are two humanoid looking figures that appear almost alien, but they aren't. Some believe they represent two Wendigos, a warning perhaps. Hmm. Yep. And then there was a really interesting story I found on Reddit, of all places, but it's an interesting small tidbit from Agent 1, 1776. I love names on Reddit. <laughs> but he said, or she said, I live in a small town in Pennsylvania, and I've been seeing the same creature for almost three years. I hate to compare it to a video game, but it looks a lot like an Until Dawn Wendigo, except darker in skin tone, more muscular, and a little bit slower, I would say. I want to kill this thing so I can hunt and fish in my backyard without the constant feeling of being watched and then having a close encounter with the ugly thing. I'm of Native American descent and in my folklore, there are spirits, but I can personally feel it's alive and killable. The question is how? I never can get close to this thing unless it catches me off guard. If you would like to hear some of the stories I have about this thing, leave a comment. I have plenty of stories. I would have commented, but this was a four years old story. Mm -hmm. But one respondent did reply and said... As Native American, I can tell you that the Wendigo from Until Dawn is among the most accurate depictions of true Wendigo I have seen in mainstream media. If you saw one, you're lucky to be alive. You might want to make sure you're not being hunted by it. Because, again, they like to play like a cat. It is true. I'm looking at a picture of Wendigo from Until Dawn. They're creepy, right? There's a close-up of of it in part of the game. Yeah, this one. Yeah. 
And it's just like, yeah, yeah disgusting. But that's how they're supposed to look. So yeah. listeners, look that up when you're not driving. We'll um, add it to our Facebook page and give credit to the game. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like a modern day zombie, you know? But, well, that's why I said it sounded like a Draugr, because that's yep. Viking zombies, essentially, yep. you know? Similar, very similar. So, but in any case... Um, so I just and it, you got this guy the way he describes it like it sounds like that's there, and someone on that um, thread also mentioned um, in Erie there was another story so Erie again like Erie Pennsylvania is right up there, wow, getting yeah. close to the New York border so not yeah. surprising, we do touch in the areas of um, other places like that, um, but anyway but here's the kicker PJ I'm ready we're talking about the Wendigo of Algonquin lore, the Algonquins did not live in PA, yes. our original inhabitants. Um, were the Lenape and the Susquehannock. And as we know, the settlers killed off all the Susquehannock during the Conestoga Massacre yep. and, of course, the Lancaster Jail Massacre. So we don't know much about their beliefs because they were killed off. But we do know a lot about the Delaware or the Lenape. Mm-hmm. So in their beliefs, they believe in a Wendigo-type creature, but they called it the Mahue. Okay. The Mahue is a man-eating ice giant of Lenape legend. He's like the Lin- the Wendigo um, of the Ojibwe and Cree tribes. Not many tales of the Mahue were ever recorded, but like the better-known Wendigo, Mahue was a fearsome monster associated with starvation, cannibalism, and sin. A person who tasted human flesh or went mad from the cold might turn into a Mahue, and in at least one Lenape legend, a Mahue monster that is treated kindly... And given civilized food to eat, can be turned back into a human. Okay. So I like the Lenape story, because I guess the moral of the story is that, in PA at least, we can win the Wendigo over with food. With hospitality. And we have a lot of food traditions here in Pennsylvania. (laughs) We got pierogi. Yes. We got Lebanon bologna. Oh, yes. We got Philly cheesesteaks. We have pizza with American cheese on it. Nope. <laughs> we don't toss that. It says good food. Anyway, we have shoe fly pie. We have apple dumplings. Raisin cookies. Middlesworth chips. Oh, Middlesworth chips. Everyone else in the country is really missing out on you Middlesworth no idea. barbecue You need to chips. get it shipped into wherever you... Even get the original, you don't understand. Ship it. Pay the shipping. Middlesworth. It's with an. It's A R T H. Middlesworth chips. Like, yeah, we're in the up. we're in the northeast, so like it's, we pronounce it Middlesworth, but yeah. it's Warth. Yeah. Look it up. Like we say, order yourself some Norfolk. barbecue. We don't say Norfolk. Yeah. We say Norfolk. Plain Middlesworth is not good. It's the barbecue. How dare you? They're both good. Barbecue's better. The sour cream and onion's good. No, we hate that one. Oh no no, we hate the salt and vinegar. There, there's only the three flavors. Mm-mm, they have salt and vinegar too. Really? I've never had that. I'm pretty sure we don't like this. We don't. We don't like. We don't like. I. We never buy this. The sour cream and onion. We never buy the salt and vinegar. So either we we hate one of those. Listen, okay. listeners. Barbecue. Just, just get barbecue. barbecue and original. Don't get original. Anyway, so we got that good civilized homemade makes you happy food. Yep. Puts the fat on your thighs. You know what I'm saying? Like we got the good food, so we can turn any Wendigo back into a human. Personally, maybe that's why we don't have any in this area. We only, only got a couple because here's the thing I'm a pack of Snickers when I go for a walk in the woods. <laughs> and when I see a hangry Wendigo, I'm fine. That's right. So, late listeners, please pack a Snickers. The the share version. Get the to share version. The big ones, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so 
And from what I could find, no other Native American stories actually had uh, the Wendigo where you could turn it back to a human. Huh. So I like to imagine it's the, you seem hangry, have a Snickers, and they change. <laughs> That's Pennsylvania. It's like the Betty White football yeah, commercial. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Anyway, so before I sign off for the night, though, okay, do you have anything else you want to add about Wendigos? Hmm. No. No. That was very fast of you. Yeah. Have you played Until Dawn? No. How old is it? It's pretty recent. Uh, I mean, because it was just on PlayStation 4 and I think on the Xbox. So it's, you know, within the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I want to play it. <laughs> we have to go back and watch the episode from Supernatural because they had a Wendigo episode. Oh, I don't remember that. They did. And I remember them having... Like, they use silver for everything yeah. so as much as i enjoy the show it's very forgettable a lot of the times i want to see if they put horns on it i can't recall anything like that either see at first when you mentioned like the <clears throat> the looks of that description it reminded me of um a creature called Aleshin from the witcher games and mm. it's uh, from slavic folklore and it has the whole like deer skull and mm -hmm. antlers but leshens are more protectors of the forest and they don't eat people they just kill people if you mistreat the forest oh well so um well they think that the reason that the horns are on there now if, if oh, now this is me paraphrasing because i didn't put it in my script so i hope i don't get this wrong um pj just showed me a picture of this <laughs> of but the anyway, lesson yeah um but their their thought is you have all these settlers coming from european countries and a lot of like the Celtic folklore, you have these natural elements like horns. Mm -hmm. And so they they kind of like said this is more of a white man's interpretation, adding that like more natural element to the look of yeah. this monster. Which makes sense. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But that's what they were suggesting. So in any case, though, before we sign off for the night, I just want to announce that we did hit 15,000 listens. Sure did. Slash downloads last week. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, we put it in the recording, you know, like, make sure that you listen. We want to get to that 15K. And I hopped on to upload our, our last week's episode. And I was like, hey, it already happened. Oops. <laughs> so we will officially be doing a drawing. All the stuff that I ordered actually is slotted to come into the house tomorrow. Ooh. It was in Harrisburg today. Yes. So listeners, please watch our Facebook page this week for our pretty picture post of our next giveaway. We'll post it on Instagram, too. And we'll, uh, we'll I'm sure we're going to do a video for oh, our yeah, YouTube channel. Yeah. It's going to have a lot of stuff from Wild House. We're going to have something in there for Games Overboard, maybe mm -hmm. something for D&D. &D. We'll figure it out. But we'll have like all of our podcasts kind of represented in some way um, in that giveaway. So you'll have all the details in that post, like how long it's running, um, what's in there. Of course, it's only in the United States. We'll send it to. We'll also post a short video, like I said, on YouTube. Uh, but we just want to say thank you for all your support, your ideas, and encouragement. We genuinely appreciate everything like we never thought in a million years that because everyone has a podcast these <laughs> they days do, yeah <laughs> and so when we started this up just not you know just a little over a year ago we never thought that we'd have this many downloads and this much support you know i feel popular for the first time in my entire life <laughs> so but we are very grateful for you all and we hope that you keep spreading the word and yeah please yeah it's just so nice to Review have us on itunes friends who are weird like us 
Yeah. We're not out there alone. You know, like, oh, when we met Jackie, it was like meeting her soul sister. Like, it was just a connection. Oh, yeah. Instant. And Tim. Instant. Like, when Tim came, we're like, Tim! Tim! <laughs> Love him. So How the heck are you? It's <laughs> <laughs> just connection instantly. Uh, Maggie's casket, free. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Free, free uh, plug in here for her. But, like, just going just to that first painting, she's us, too. It's so much fun to meet people who are our corner of weird. Yeah. Carrie, too. I met Carrie, and I was like, you're my people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Spread spread the news to all of your weird friends out there, okay? Keep the weird growth growing, going. See, we're weird. And may, and they get it. It's okay. It makes sense. We're, we're so good with words. <laughs> I'm an English teacher. We're podcasters. <laughs> oh. Words are our thing. <laughs> and uh, just because I want it known, on Friday oh, yes, night, yes, yes. I submitted my first like final draft, all five chapters of my dissertation to my chair. Which means that he'll read it and yell at me about some things. Send it back. Well, he won't yell, but he'll suggest edits. I'll edit it. I'll send it back. Then he'll send it to the ch- the committee and they'll send back edits. So I'm in the beginning stages of the end. Yeah. It's written. That's yeah. the, the important takeaway here. Yes. The dissertation is written. Now it's just on to the editing phase. And... Yeah. Everyone at Alex's birthday was like, congratulations. And I go, yeah, I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Done but still, ish. a huge hurdle has just been passed. Yes, so I'm exhausted. So um, I will be Dr. Hayden in May, if everything goes according to plan. Anywho, that's enough for me. Anything you want to add about Games Overboard or Dun- uh, D&D? Uh, this week's episode of Games Overboard, just li- if you're, if you like dragons, dragons, and if you were a child in the 80s, you're probably going to appreciate the opening of that ep- episode. You, If you're not board gamer, you still might want to just listen to the opening minute of that episode. Swearing, just so you know, it's an R-rated podcast, and there is an F-bomb in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> of course there is. Was it Dan? <laughs> but, yes, of, of course, course it was. was. Um, but the Flight of Dragons theme song might be played repeatedly throughout that episode. Oh, so you did Wormspan, right? We did Wormspan, yeah. yes. And the week prior, you did uh, the Wingspan fan art pack uh-huh. edition. And if you remember Carrie, our ESP expert, she's on there with her husband, Tom. Yeah. So they did a, an episode. They're on there once in a while. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I listened to that one. See? Do you know why? Because Carrie was on there. Yep. And uh, one I mean, last... I, and I support you. <laughs> One other thing I do want to plug is, um, so if you live in the Wilkes-Barre area of Pennsylvania, April 27th, Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours is ho- hosting Steve Gonzalez from TAPS. He's doing a book tour promoting his new book, uh, A Life with Ghosts. And so there's a big dinner and... Amazing food. Yeah. I'm getting the crab cakes. I'm getting chicken bruschetta. Uh, <laughs> but, so spoiler alert, we bought tickets if you want to, you know, stop by, bump into us, you know, you're going to have to get tickets yourself, but we're going to be there. <laughs> so you can keep an eye out for us. Like I said, we're weird. We want to have people sitting at our table so we don't feel alone. So <laughs> please buy tickets and support. Yeah, then you can find us and we can all sit together and have a cool meal. And, and it's not supporting us. It's supporting Wyoming Valley Ghost exactly, Tours, which yeah. is awesome. We're just, we're supporting them too. Like we, yep. they don't know us at all or anything. That's how we met Maggie's Casket LLC. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you should buy tickets. They're they're all, all the VIPs were sold out before we even bought our tickets. I know. I totally and, would have splurged on yeah. the VIP. And they're going fast. So if you want to go, go and yep. meet us there. Yeah. But in any case, 
as always, have a lovely week and think spooky thoughts. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. William Shakespeare, Hamlet. Mm-hmm.